oh, we pour it out. Come on, just pour it out. Kiss your breath in our lungs. So we pour. Come on, it doesn't belong to us. It's his breath in your lungs. So just pour. Come on and pour it out. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our grace to you only. Great are you, Lord. This is your breath in my lungs. Your great, great. Just begin to pour it out to Jesus. Sing great, great are you. The air in my lungs is yours, Jesus. So I will pour it out. Great are you. Come on and use the breath in your lungs to worship the King this morning. Come on, sing it out. Great are you. Jesus, you've been so good to us. We're pouring it out. Great are you, Lord. It's your breath. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our breath. Pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise to you only. It's your breath. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Reach, 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 reach. Man. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. Come on, reach for him. Reach. Oh, oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Great are you. Great are you, Lord. Oh, yeah, yeah. Great are you. I just want you to tell him how much you love him right now. Just reach out to him. Tell him how much you care. Tell him how thankful you are that you are loved and cared for today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, yeah. Great are you, Lord. 
give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Amen. These need to go up. These need to go down. Uh, come on, let's do better than that. Let's give God our praise today. Amen. Hallelujah. God is able, Brother Noah. Amen. You guys did awesome this morning. Thank you. I love you. Amen. Someone say amen. How many is ready to dive into the word of the Lord today? Are you ready to hear the word of the Lord? So this is what I want you to do. I want you to lift your hands right now, and I want you to ask the Lord to let your heart and mind be receptive. The Lord's trying to get to your heart. But I want you to take control of your thoughts right now in the name of Jesus. Right now, come on, do it right now. Father, right now, we control by their name and by your blood the mind of our heart. Lord, we want to get through to our hearts, Lord. So let our mind be in you today, Christ. Let us be in a right mind today. Let us receive your word. Someone shout, I want to receive your word, Lord. And let everybody shout in Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. Uh, say it again, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Someone needs to go ahead and sit down today. Thank you, all of our worship team, for all that you have done today. Brought us into the presence of the Lord. And uh, I really am thankful for that. Uh, Pastor Nan, I have a, a, a ring up here. Uh, just these upper speakers. I don't know if there's something switched back there, but these are not the ones I need. I need these that are right beside me here and I don't hear myself in those. And I don't want to go hoarse today, or I would not even take your time. Someone say amen. Those of you who are joining us online today, I hope that you will hear the word of the Lord. We're thankful that you have joined us. I hope you will like, comment, and share so we can spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? Someone shout amen. So I want to take you to the word of the Lord. Um, I want you to be able to hear the word of the Lord. So we're going to go right directly into the Bible because that's our guide. Someone say amen. So we're living in the last hours. How many have been watching the news this week? Amen. I hope you haven't been, but I know most of you have. Uh, but we're living in the last hours. Now there's a fear of a greater war because uh, Hezbollah and Lebanon are now entering into this, this fray and it puts us into a precarious. The, the world is upside down. There's protest everywhere. We are uncertain of the times. And that is the day that we live in. Someone say amen. We look and see very clearly that the Lord wants to help us to understand some things from his word. Last week, we began this series, Living. Someone shout, Living. Oh, come on, look at your neighbor and say, Living. God wants you to live during the last days. Did you hear what I just said? It's not about fear. Come on now, someone else shout, Amen. It's not about living like, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? If you're feeling that way, just repent and get right with God, and that feeling will go away. Ah, you heard what I said. And in this moment of time, God is extending to us a grace that is amazing. We are living in the last day, and today I'm going to talk to you specifically about the resurrection and the rapture. I'm going to talk to you today about the event that is so uh, important for us to understand. Last week, we talked about the signs of the times. We talked about how Jesus said, you're going to hear of wars and rumors of wars and pestilence and famine. And, and then he says, what? But the end is what? Not yet. 
And then he continues down in talking to the disciples. And there in 20, uh, chapter 24 of Matthew in verse 14, he says, And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness, someone shout witness, to all the nations, and then the end will come. We are living in the last day because this passage has now come to pass. There's not one nation of the world that is not hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ every day. There are satellites, there are broadcasts, there's the internet, there is all types of things that are happening in our world that technology has brought us to the place of fulfillment of this particular promise and prophecy by the Lord Jesus Christ. We are to understand today that doesn't mean we should lessen our preaching and lessen our witnessing, but we should go forth and make disciples in Jesus' name. Amen? So we know that there is this moment in time that Jesus spoke of. He talked about wars and rumors of wars. Last week I told you that the war in Gaza and Israel, while it is unequivocally a part of the plan of the last days of God, it is not the sign that we are in the last day. We know that it's a part of signs, but the end is not yet. I believe unequivocally that when Jesus spoke, he spoke with uh, implicit and did not let it be just whatever you think or I think or whatever we get together and think but rather to obey the word of God and understand and teach that when the gospel is preached to all nations now the end is coming someone shout amen so uh, I want to go to the events of the last days last week we talked to you about and you're going to see those events in the last days here uh, the seven events I've put them into seven categories uh, and, and you could maybe put them into more if you wanted to to do those things I don't know but I want you to be able to understand them very clearly look at uh, sister are you going to be able to pull it up nope okay Sorry. Um, so we uh, see the signs. Number one, we talked last week about the signs of the what? Times. Someone say the signs of the times. Today we're going to talk about the resurrection and the rapture of the church. The resurrection of the saints. Someone say the saints. And we're going to talk about the rapture, the catching away of the saints so we're going to talk in depth about that today well we know that the third process in this uh, is the tribulation and it culminates into armageddon we know that in the end it will be armageddon where jesus comes and he sets his foot on the mount of olives and he's coming with all his saints to make war here on earth we know that during this tribulation this is when the beast and all of these things that will happen we'll talk about that next week do not miss next week we're going to be talking about uh, Armageddon and the and, and the tribulation and all that happens inside there's a lot that happens inside of that tribulation now I want to stop and, and then oh let's keep going Four, number four the second coming now we have the second coming everybody say the second coming of Jesus Christ. This is when he comes. Armageddon establishes his millennial reign. The millennial reign is number five, where he rules and reigns for a thousand years in peace. Someone shout, oh, hallelujah. How many are thankful for the peace of God that goes beyond understanding? Amen? So we, we can see this, that the millennial reign is set up. We rule with him as kings and priests, and we are with him. But then, after this thousand years of peace, 
the enemy of our soul, Satan, is released from his dungeon and he is given power to persuade the nations of sinning again, of being uh, disruptors and away from God. And there are many that do, but very shortly he is stopped and there is a a wonderful thing that happens. The resurrection of all mankind then takes place as well as the great white throne judgment, the judgment seat of Christ. We see it's in this moment that the lambs and the sheep are separated. It's in this moment that we find the final judgment that all men, someone shout every man, will give an account for his deeds. He will give an account for what he has or has not done. We find that then there will be, someone say, I can't wait, a new heaven and a new earth, and we will rule with him in, uh, in eternity forever and ever. Can someone shout amen? Ah, give the Lord a hand clap for that, amen? I, I, uh, I struggle with uh, uh, preachers that uh, have shock value in their in their uh, presentations online, whether they be on Instagram or Facebook. I, I get frustrated at this, that they say things that are outlandish in order to capture your attention only to, uh, to try to convince you of something that they think or believe. And I, I don't mean this ugly or any way. I, I'm, I'm sure that all of us, I'm sure I have things that I should do differently. But I, I have found that there's this idea that says we're not trying to get to heaven. This last week I, I heard a minister say this online on Instagram that I'm not trying to get to heaven I'm just trying to love Jesus and and I I don't disagree uh, with the, the totality of his summation but I disagree with the fact that I'm not trying to get to heaven I don't know about you but I'm trying to get to heaven and by the way, while I'm going to heaven, I'm going to learn to love Jesus more and more and more. So yes, I'm seeking to love Christ unequivocally, but my goal in my life is not just, oh, come on now, somebody. I want to see Jesus. I want to walk on streets of gold. I want to, there's a reason that he said promise of eternal life. Amen. Because it's a promise. We're supposed to look forward to it. We're supposed to see it as a great thing. And it is. And don't let the world steal that from you. Uh, remember, right? Remember this. Let me, before we dive into today's, remember this. What we are seeing in the Middle East today must come to pass. Because they are signs of the last days. They must come to pass. I'm going to say amen. Um, and, and I, I, I want to I just tell you that um, Israel and, and all that is going on right now, I, I, I don't have a lot of comment at, at this moment about uh, all that is happening because I need more information. But I will tell you this, that no matter what happens, Israel will always be. Or the word of God is a liar, let's just go home. All right? It will always be, Right? Because it has to be in order for there to be an end time. They're, they're going to rebuild the temple. And the temple will be in standing in Jerusalem. And it will be the Jews that sacrifice in that temple. And so in this moment, uh, and I've told you every Sunday that you, this does not give us permission to hate people. Or to, to uh, say we can't pray for those people because we, we are uh, with these people. No, no. God called you to pray for every single soul on this planet. <laughs> 
How many of you hate war? I hate war. I hate, I hate it. I hate it. I hate the carnage. I hate the, the hate that comes out of it. And I believe that we've got to pray against the spirit of hate and not allow ourselves as a church, a ministry, to be caught up in that spirit. Someone say amen. We've got to love everyone. Someone say amen. Love your neighbor as yourself. Everybody's your neighbor. Do you hear what I just said? If you can't love whom you uh, who you have seen, you'll never be able to love who you have not seen. So be careful with your posts. I'm just going to say it. Be careful with your mouth. Be careful with your prayers. Let God arise and his enemies be scattered. Someone say amen. amen. So I wanted just to leave that with you, but it must come to pass. It's unfortunate. It's terrible. But the word of God, John wrote in the end of Revelation and said, come quickly, Lord Jesus. And so many times we pray that prayer and yet we fight against in our spirit the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ because we don't like the events that must take place in order for him to come. Did you hear what I just said? So I want you to start praying, Lord, not my will, but thy will be done. I want you to say, Lord, I, I don't know. I don't understand all the geopolitical. I don't understand all that's happening in the earth. But I do understand this, that I am commanded. I am commanded uh, uh, to love my neighbor as myself. I'm commanded to love the Lord my God. I'm commanded to do unto others to have them do unto me. I'm commanded. Someone say amen. I'm commanded to uh, look. The church's job is not to judge. I, I hope I got a better amen out of that, right? I said, the church's job is not to judge. The church's job is to what? Love. Someone shout love. I'm not talking about sloppy, agape, and greasy grace, well, all the stuff that they call it. No, I'm talking about genuine love of the Holy Ghost and Jesus flowing through your mouth, your mind, your heart, your spirit, so that we can be vessels to help those that are in confusion. Look, if we're in confusion, where is the world going to turn? If the world can't feel welcome at an altar, then where, what, what are we doing, huh? Come on now. It's time that we understand our position and place. That's why we've got to be living, not surviving, living in the last days. I'm not going to fear what man can do me. No, no, no. I'm going to fear what God can do to me. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And we get this misconception with the last days. How many, how many ever watched as, I don't know about these teenagers, but how about my age or a little bit, a uh, little bit older, Dan's age maybe, um, he's older than you think. Uh, but uh, how many have ever watched a, a Left Behind series, right, right? I wish we'd all been ready. There's no time to waste your time. The sun has come and you've been left behind. I got a, a great voice, don't I? And, and I remember watching that and that ringing in my ears. I'd go to bed at night and I, all I would hear was, and you've been left behind and you've been... And I started living in a place of fear that I'll never be good enough to be worthy enough to be able to go to heaven when Jesus comes back. And so I live in the fear of the last day. When I am told, mm, right here in Matthew 24, that when you see all this stuff, don't let your heart be troubled. Why? Because our attitude should be, oh, here it comes. <laughs> There's one more sign. Oh, I can't wait to get to heaven. I can't wait to see him. I can't wait to see him. I can't wait to see him, right? Instead of living in this fear that, oh my God, the world's coming apart, right? It is coming apart because that is the design of the last day. Someone shout amen. 
Now, if you have any questions about things I'm saying today, feel free. I, I said this last week, and I mean it. I, some of you took up advantage of this. Uh, text me during the week or today after service, and I would love to sit with you and talk further uh, than I have here in the short time I do have. So let's talk today. Everybody say it today. The rapture could happen today. The rapture could happen today. The resurrection of the righteous could happen today. The Bible says in Mark 13, I'm going to go quick, so please follow along with me if you will. Uh, the Bible says in Mark 13 and 32, but of that day or hour, no one knows. I read this to you last week. Not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son. Everybody shout amen. But only the Father. And then he says what? Verse 33, take heed, watch, and pray. Take heed, watch, and pray. Take heed, watch, and pray. Take heed is right now. Take heed of what's happening right now. Where are you at? What's going on in your life? Are you living in sin? Repent. Take heed. Watch means understand where you're living. Understand that your actions will produce things down the road. So therefore, you've got to plan for understanding that Jesus is coming again. And therefore, I may, I'm going to take care of today. I'm going to take heed and fix things. But I'm not just going to leave it to chance. I'm going to start planning my righteous uh, living. Uh, and I'm going to start moving towards what Christ wants me. So I've got to take heed. But I just don't, right now, i got to watch. Because I don't know when the thief is coming. I don't know when he's coming back. So I've got to take heed and I've got to watch and I've got to pray. I've got to communicate because when I'm in communication, I'm going to know better when he's coming. I may not know the day nor the hour, but I know the season that he is coming. We are in the season. So the event of the rapture, the event of the rapture, I'm going to take it from a place in uh, 1 Thessalonians 4. And Paul, the apostle, is writing to the church here in Thessalonica, and he's trying to explain some things to them. And he says in verse 13, read it on the screen behind me, but I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren. Paul is coming to them and saying, look, you have questions, I want to answer them, but you need to take note, because I don't want you to misconstrue these things. I don't want you to, I want you to not be ignorant. I want you to be wise about these things, right? By the way, the word ignorant is not name-calling. It's a state of being, Right? Don't, you don't want me piloting your airplane the next trip you take to Florida, right? Because I don't have an expertise in being a pilot. Now, I can preach on the airplane. We'll do just fine. But don't put me in the pilot seat because I am ignorant of how to fly that plane. So when you see that word ignorant, don't be offended by it. Brethren, concerning those who have what? Fallen asleep. That means have died. Lest you sorrow as others who have what? no hope say it again no hope verse 14 for if we believe there it is for if we believe if you have faith and you believe that Jesus what died and he rose again even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus mm. You know what, oh, it's, I don't want to get too deep here. But sleeping, we don't sleep in the bosom of Abraham. No, we sleep in Jesus. Here it is, right here in front of you. So we find that he goes on, verse 15. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord. How many are thankful for the word of the Lord? Amen. 
He says, I'm not saying this of my own accord. This is not my opinion, Paul says. This is not what I think is going to happen. This is exactly what the word of the Lord says, that we who are what? Alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. We will not be first. They will be first. Because we are not ever going to, by no means, will we be before those that have already gone on before us. Do you get that? So we will by no means proceed. But then he says in verse 16, very important verse in this passage. For the Lord himself, someone shout himself. Mm, I, can't, I can't help myself right here, but Jesus is coming back for us himself. He's not sending any juniors. He's not sending anybody. No, he's coming back again for us, and he's coming himself. We will see the nail prints in his hands. We will, uh, we will know him because he is our shepherd, and we will know his voice when he says, come up higher. Someone say amen. Well, I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. Now, I'm going to read the entirety of verse 16, then I'm going to break it down. You ready? You're going to need a pencil and pen or a phone for this. This is a watch. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout. So I'm going to shout a shout. Uh, with the what? Voice of an archangel. Not the archangel, an archangel. And with the what? Trumpet of God. And the what? Dead in Christ will rise first. He said just a verse before, but by no means are we going to precede them who are asleep. They're going to go before us. So I want you to break this down because this is important. This is the actual him coming for us in the rapture, the resurrection of the righteous. We're going to find that three times in the New Testament that God shouts. Someone shout, God shouts. Uh, everybody shout, God shouts. And every time that God shouted in the New Testament, the dead raised up. <laughs> the first time it was at the tomb of Lazarus when he said, thus it is spoken, John wrote. He cried with a what? Loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And the Bible says that he that was dead came forth. The first time in the New Testament you hear God shouting is at the tomb of Lazarus. In John 11, you're going to find the second time he shouted. When, was, when I'm sorry, Matthew, you're going to find that when he shouted, it was from the cross. He was now crucified, and he was in the process of giving up the ghost and dying. Matthew tells us what happens. He says, Jesus then, he had cried again with a what? Loud voice, yielding up to the Holy Ghost. And behold, the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose and came out of the graves after his resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared unto many. So we find that the first time one came out of the ground, Lazarus. We find the second time he shouted, many came out of the ground. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Thessalonians, I'm sorry, yes, Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians 4, 16, I just read in your hearing, says, and God 
shouted. And when he shouts this time, the whole earth is going to respond to his glory. There will be, uh, uh, the apostles of old uh, are going to come. Uh, yes, the prophets of old will meet. Uh, I'll get to see my mom and dad. I'll get to hang out with my uncles and aunts. Why? Because uh, when God shouts in your life, uh, it produces resurrection uh, in your spirit and your life. Why is it that I stand up here and I yell louder than anybody in this room? Because I understand, know of the concept that when I shout, God shouts with me. And that which is dead in my life can come back again. Because I can praise him when I don't feel like it. I can worship him because he is worthy. Come on, somebody worship him right now. Somebody praise him right now. Three times God shouted in the New Testament and each time more people came to life from dead states. It's here in Thessalonians 16 that God shouts and at that same time all the saints of God will be risen who are asleep in Jesus. His shout will be of an archangel. Someone shout archangel. Uh, this is very significant. So he doesn't just shout to us. He shouts as an archangel. He shouts in an archangel's voice. And he says, uh, I'm going to come back, right? But he's speaking specifically uh, to an archangel. We don't know if it's Michael, but I believe it probably is based on his history in the scriptures. But the archangel, that's be the only time I insert my own summation there, right? That there is a battle that is fixing to be fought. And God... God speaks uh, and he releases the angels uh, to a war to fight the enemy, the devil. In Revelations 12 and 7, there was a war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. And the dragon fought and his angels and prevailed not. Now this is a reference to the war at the beginning of time when Satan was cast out of heaven. But now God shouts with the voice of an archangel and those archangels understand uh, it's time for the final war uh, it's time for us to go uh, and to proclaim uh, that Jesus is king of kings uh, and lord of lords uh, that he is the alpha the omega the beginning and the end uh, he was before and he will be after uh, he is my savior uh, woo, he's my deliverer he's my soon coming king I'm sorry, I know I'm supposed to be teaching, but I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. So now God releases the angels for the final war and when he leaves the earth listen to me when we leave the earth when we are resurrected and we are brought out of this earth by the rapture the spirit of God goes with us. We are the temple. Someone shout I'm a temple. The Bible teaches very clearly that we are the temple of the what? Holy Ghost. We are the residence that he lives in is inside of what? Us. We are in Christ through baptism and through being filled with the Holy Spirit speaking with other tongues. Uh, understand today that when we leave this earth, uh, the Spirit of God goes with us because we are the church of the living God. So what happens when we leave? 
This is how I believe, because this is my view as a, uh, you could call me a pre, uh, pre-tribulation, right? I, 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 this is why I believe, because I don't, I don't understand or even fathom that God would leave me here from something that I've been delivered from. I've been delivered from the death of sin. <laughs> I've been delivered from... Oh, <laughs> I've been delivered from the death of sin. I've been delivered from the law. I've been delivered from all the things. I've been delivered from the power of the enemy in my life. He is no longer my master. He is no longer, well, no, 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 no. But so if, if I am in this world, I'm here to pray against him. I'm here to fight the good fight of faith. I'm here to do what God has called me to be. But when God comes back for his church, he removes us from this planet and the spirit of God goes with us don't shout amen. amen for we are the temple so it's it's here that God with the archangel he shouts it's time to go to war the church age is now completed in the timeline of these last days someone say amen, amen. pastor what does that mean it means that the church age all of the promises of the New Testament church had been fulfilled and it is culminated by the fact that we are caught away and resurrected unto a new life in Christ. So the church age is complete and now we know there is a war. There is a tribulation that happens in the Antichrist and the bark of the beast and all these things. I get this question a lot that people ask me, Pastor, you know, do you think this or that or the other is the mark of the beast? And I, I try to help people understand that, look, you're not, you're not receiving the mark of a Technology is not the mark of the beast. They that take the mark and what? Worship the beast. I want, God doesn't care what you take. He cares who you're worshiping. By the way, every one of you in this room have social security numbers. There's all kinds of identifiers. Your doctor records have all kinds of identifiers. You already have all kinds of marks on your life. Can I get an amen? amen. So, you know, we can numbers and 666 and all, all that stuff, right? But be careful because that's a fear tactic. Because based on my study and what I believe is the truth by the word of God is that we're gone out of here when all that starts happening. So while we will see the signs, we will see the technology, the Bible indicates and let me see that I am taken out of here because the spirit of God cannot dwell with the spirit of the devil. And when I'm gone, what's to hold the enemy back? Who's praying against him? Because I am the spirit of God in this earth. Someone say amen. amen. So we, we know that. By the way, that's scriptural. That's not me making that up, right? That's holy and totally scriptural. So when we look at here that the church age has been completed, the focus of God's dealing reverts back to the nation of Israel, in my opinion. Oh, I said that word, in my opinion. Sorry, sister. sister I said that in my opinion. <laughs> the nation of Israel, though, comes to a point where it has already been reborn. Someone say amen. This is why I say it will always be. It will always be. Israel's not going anywhere. They're not going to uh, uh, take Israel out. And they're not because God is with them. And he, mm, yeah, it's, it's, got, it's got to happen. So we find that a sure sign that we are in the end times is the fact that what Israel is going through is happening right now. There's only been a trickle of Jews who have returned back to Jerusalem. The Bible tells us that 
it will be with a shout of the archangel and the what? Trumpet of God. Now, I find this very interesting that the trumpet is something that played such an important role in the Jewish life. I believe that these will be trump, a trumpet that will summons the children of Israel back to Jerusalem. Trumpets were used throughout Israel in the Old Testament. Listen, in their history, it's very prevalent. Trumpets were used throughout Israel's Old Testament history. But when the law was given at Sinai, it was accompanied by the sound of a supernatural trumpet. Two silver trumpets were used to direct Israel's activities while they were in the wilderness. They were used trumpets in connection with warning the people of calling them to worship, of calling them to war. And in Israel's everyday walk, they were used to notify them something was happening. The fall of Jericho was in response to the sounding of trumpets. The Jews keep an annual feast called the Feast of Trumpets. So what I see here is that he shouts with a voice, a voice that his sheep know, a voice that is so profound and so it's so powerful because it's got glory in it and power in it and it starts resurrecting the righteous from the dead and raising us up to meet them in the air. Listen, but then also it says, and with... Uh, the voice of an archangel. That archangel represents that now the church age has ceased and the angels need to take notice because they will play a role in the next battles that happen in the tribulation, which we'll talk about next week. They will have a role in the pouring out of all of the trials and the curses and all the things that happen in the book of Revelation. They know God is saying to the angels, it's time I've brought my people of my name back to me uh, you get ready for battle uh, I've got to talk to the Jewish people because I uh, have got to still oh listen there's still covenants that are still to be fulfilled uh, by not our New Testament belief but by the understanding of what God said to the Jewish people I'll cover that at a later time but understand today this is not just a verse to be uh, looked over and, and seen just for a moment but you need to understand uh, the complexity of what God is trying to say to us he's trying to say I'm doing this on purpose. There is an order to what's going on. I'm not doing this willy-nilly. I'm going to do it like Jesus said it would happen in Matthew 24 and understanding that these signs and these things will happen before the rapture and during the rapture it's going to happen with him calling us home. Someone shout calling me home. So he tells us here's the event that will happen. It will happen three times we saw God use the shout and we find that that shout also will include the spirit of the archangel every time you witness an archangel in the scripture they were at battle or at war every time uh, I can give you an example in the New Testament you'll find that, uh, that Satan and, and, and Michael the archangel were at battle over the bones of Moses right they were at battle because and, and then all that happened after that, we, we can see that there's these battlements with Daniel, with all these other places that the archangel showed up. So the church age is complete. We are here now. And then the Bible says in verse 17, watch this, then. Everybody shout then. 
then, after all that happens, after the angels are summoned and the trumpet is blown, these signs of what's happening, the Bible says, and then, verse 17, we who are what? Alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to what? Meet the Lord in the air and thus, and thus, we shall always, 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 no more pain, no more suffering, no more tears, no more sorrow. We will always be with the Lord. And then he says in verse 18, the words that I think that we must pull and not be fearful, but understand these are exciting words. These are not dreadful words. They are promise words. We are promised that he's coming back for his bride. And it says, therefore, what? Comfort one another with these words. Jesus in Matthew 24 and 27 says this, for as lightning comes from the east, I read this to you last week, and flashes to the west, so also will be the coming of the Son of Man. Later in verse 31 he says, and he will send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they will gather together his elect from what? The four winds and from one end of heaven to the other. Jesus will come for his bride and his bride better be ready now if you go to Matthew 24 and you read the entirety which I did to you last week if I, at the end of that you will find uh, there's a, a, a thing that happens and that thing is this that immediately he tells a, 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 a parable now I want you to understand when you read a parable Jesus hear me today Jesus was speaking to mostly mostly uneducated people who did not know how to read or write. They were slaves of Rome. They were not people of high learning. There were Pharisees and different people of the temple that they could read and write. That's why the people went every day to the temple to hear the word of the Lord read to them because they most likely could not. History tells us that it was an illiterate society. They were slaves. They just worked hard every day. So Jesus comes along and he works throughout Throughout the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you will find Jesus using parables to teach the people. One day the disciple says, why do you, why do you use parables? Uh, and Jesus, uh, and I'll put it in, in the short version, he tells them basically this, and that is that I've got to tell people in the physical what they understand in order to pour into them spiritual understanding. They understood goats, they understood sheep, they understood coins, they understood candles, they understood all these things that Jesus used to bring spiritual light into their darkness. So people that didn't know, uh, I love parables because they are so simple and simplistic and they speak so plainly to us. Jesus, after Matthew 24, telling the disciples all the events and all the things that would happen in the last day at his coming, he says this, he begins immediately. Remember, we're the ones that add, add in the chapters and the verses. He immediately begins to speak to them about a fig tree and how that you can observe that when the leaves come on the fig tree, you know summer is coming and just as so is us that we see the signs of the time we know what season it is and we know Jesus is coming again then he immediately no no pause he immediately goes into verse uh, chapter 25 and verse 1 thus the kingdom of shall be likened unto 10 virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the by 
the bridegroom. A very familiar parable to us. You most likely heard it in Sunday school or read to you in your home or have read it on your own. This parable is paramount to you understanding why he is trying to tell them this at this moment. He just told them, this is how I'm coming back. Here are the events of me coming back. Then he tells them, you better be observant of the season that you're in. And now he tells them, there's going to be those that don't believe this and they're going to think they can get by with just confessing Christ without living for Christ. And they, oh, I'm going to preach right now. And if we're not careful, we will find ourselves in one camp or the other. Ten foolish and ten wise. He's warning them, be careful. In this last day, you're going to be tempted by all sorts of things. But I am trying to tell you, do not do what the foolish have done. He tells them in verse 2, now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took what? No oil. Someone shout no oil. In the New Testament, the oil is represented by the Holy Spirit. They took with them no Holy Spirit. They took with them nothing. They were living on last week's prayer, mama's prayers, grandma's prayers, and they didn't take their own oil. You know why this pastor preaches hard like this? I can tell you three ways to have a better uh, uh, relationship with your husband or wife, and I can tell you six ways to balance your checkbook and 39 ways to be a better person, but I'm not called to do that. I'm called to declare the word of God and tell you that this is the last days. This is, this is not fun, Pastor. I, I, it's not meant to be fun. It, it's meant to be real and truthful. And I do all things in love. I'm not telling you to fear. No, not whatsoever. I'm telling you to get right so you won't fear. I'm telling you to repent so you won't freak out, so you won't lay awake at night, so you won't have a pit in your stomach every time you watch the news and wonder, is Jesus coming today? Well, guess what? He could come right now. Someone say amen. amen. Are you receiving me today? Amen. Those who were foolish took lamps, no oil with them, but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. They took their oil with, with, they took their oil with them. They were prayed up in the Holy Ghost. They had oil in their lamps and in a vessel. They had extra. Here, watch. But the wise took oils. And, and this is so typical of, of what's happening in human sense here and, they, and, they, and they, the Bible says and, and they took their oil with them in the vessels of their lamp verse 5 but while the bridegroom was what delayed how many of you ever heard well Jesus my grandpa was talking about Jesus coming back huh well, I, well we've been waiting a long time is it? let me tell you something no matter who you are in this room I promise you that when your grandparents passed away your mom dad aunt uncle friend neighbor whatever it is Jesus came for them that day Too many of you are looking for resurrection when you've already, uh-uh, no. You want, catch, I want catching away. That's what, I don't want to die. I want to be caught away. I have people tell me that all the time. I want to be caught up. I want to be caught up. I don't care how I go. I just want to go see Jesus. Someone shout amen. Watch this, watch this. The Bible says, uh, but while the bridegroom was delayed, all, 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 the wise and foolish, they slumbered and slept. Even the wise had a moment where they needed to wake up from. Did you hear what I just said? Don't be cocky with God. Don't say, I've got it all together. 
I pray every day, I talk in tongues every day. No, no, don't be doing that because if you're not careful, you'll fall asleep like everybody else falls asleep. Am I hearing anybody shout amen? The Bible says in, in, in that they were delayed and they all somewhere set verse six, and at midnight a cry was heard. Hmm. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. And then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, hey, you got extra oil. Give me some oil. Can I tell you something? I can't give you my Holy Ghost. I can't transmit what God has done for me because it's between me and God and he's only doing it because I'm in communication with him and we've got best friends and we're hanging out and I'm obeying his word and I'm trying to do my best to be saved, right? I can't get, I wished I could. I wish I could give it to people that I love. Did you hear what I just said? I wish I could give, you know, in the last day, we're fixing to go, and hey, you know what, I know you've been living vicariously and a little riotous, but here, here's some of my Holy Ghost so you can make it through. That's not the way it's set up, guys. Hear your pastor today. The Bible says, and all those virgins arose, and they trembled out the foolish, said, give us some of your oil for your lamps, for our lamps are going out. But the wise said, no. Someone shout, no. There's some... Listen to me, in the last hour, there will be spirits and people that come to you that want to, oh, they want to they seduce you away from the truth of God's word. What they're really saying is, give me some of your Holy Ghost. You've got to be willing to stand up in the Holy Spirit and say, no, I will not go down that path. I will not practice that. I will not do that. I went, why? Because there is, listen, God could have made it where they just had it easy breezy, but he commanded them to have to say what? No. Lest there should be not enough for us and you, but rather go to those who sell. Remember, it's at the midnight hour. Ain't nobody open at midnight. Are you hearing me? Do you hear what I'm saying? Ain't nobody up at midnight. Nobody's selling anything at midnight. And they tell them, go, go, go. So while they went, they actually went to buy, the bridegroom came. What it tells me is they camped out in front of that store that sold oil until it got, maybe was open the next morning. And by then, you see, the bridegroom had already come because at midnight was the call. And we're living at midnight and there's a call going forth. Do not slumber or sleep. And make sure that you have your oil. The bridegroom came and those who were ready, those who were what? Ready. Someone shout ready. Oh, I want you to shout it like you're mad at the devil. Come on. Ready. Ten came. Five were wise and five were foolish. And there was only five in the midst of this that was ready. I don't celebrate. Listen, I don't celebrate the foolish Look at them, man. They, they lost out. No, no, I mourn for the foolish. It keeps me up at night. It burdens my soul on a daily basis. Because I know God wants you to be... The e Listen, they all came. They all had an opportunity. They were all treated equal. This is not about God. This is about us as humans obeying his word. It's a choice. So... While they went out to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was what? I can't hear you. What? We can see this concept in, the, in Noah, right? Noah, 
built an ark to the saving of his, right? Built this giant boat and he preached the gospel every single day to these people. Come on, and everybody laughed at him. But when the rain started falling, everybody wanted in. But they couldn't get in because God, God, someone shout God. God shut the door. God, not me, not you, not anybody. God shut the door. And after the other virgins came saying, Lord, Lord, this reminds me of the passage that we know in the New Testament that says there'll be those that say, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and we cast out devils in your name. And he says the same thing to them as he says here to the ten virgins, to the five foolish. He said, they open up and he said to them, assuredly I say unto you, I do not know you. If you study that word no, everybody shout no. It's the same word that's used in sense. This is in the Greek, or rather in the Hebrew, but you can all... I'm sorry, this is in the Greek. Also, you'll find in the Hebrew that Adam knew Eve. It was a relationship. It was more than just, hi, how are you doing? There was intimacy. I don't know you. I've never, I, I'm not intimate with you. I, I, I don't know you. I know your name because I'm God, but we've never been friends. We've never hung out. We've never supped together. We've never had communion together. We've never, we've never been in a place where you have cried out to me and, and allowed me to come and rescue. You've never professed that you love me. You've never, said, you've never said these things. You've never allowed yourself to be taken over by the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit doesn't want to just hang out with you. It wants to dwell in you. We're so casual. I felt sort of bad this morning Pastor Stefan because I knew what the Lord was requiring me to preach and I know that I, I, I want to be jolly and happy because living in the last days if you're saved should be the glorious thing that you've ever done but if you're not saved and you're not right with God and you're hanging out with sin on a daily basis God is going to convict you and you're going to feel this heavy weight and he's not going to listen condemn you he's going to convict you the word convict means to turn to you have an opportunity to respond you have an opportunity today 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 you have an opportunity those online you have a opportunity today to be ready but the bible says there'll be two in the field one will go and the other will be left there's something about the human spirit that loves to kick the can. We love to push things. Hopefully he doesn't come today. I hope he's not here today. I hope he doesn't show up while I'm doing this activity. I hope he doesn't do that. No, I'm going to kick that can. I'll get right next year. It's my New Year resolution. It's coming. Now I'm going to get right. I'm going to repent and live for God for real. You know how many Christians tell me that? I love you, Brother DeMario. How many of you love this man of God right here? Uh, you want to you know how to be a servant? Take his class. Serves God in this building. I'm so proud of him. Anyway, the Bible says, he said, assuredly, I don't know you. Watch, therefore, watch this. Watch, there. watch, 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 watch. This is not take heed. This is Watch. Watch, make plans, understand what's coming. You can do something about it. Seeing you're compassed about by such a great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin that does so easily beset us. Run the race, run it with fervor, run it to win. Don't run it just to hang out and die and go to hell anyway. Amen. 
Too many of you living under condemnation because you think that you're not good enough and that you'll never measure up. Guess what? You won't be good enough and you'll never measure up but that's why God came he died in Calvary so that he could create this space of grace for us and mercy could reach us understand today that there is a space where it's <laughs> you just got to obey God and do what he says well, that's really hard no it's not not if you're totally sold out it's not hard I've been doing it for a long long time and I have my days I have my days, I have to get back to the altar and say, okay, you will repent for that, that attitude, that speech, that attitude of whatever, right? You will, you will, right, Nate? I don't want to, my flesh says no, but the Holy Spirit says no, you're going to get to the altar because if you don't get to the altar, you're going to go to hell and not be See, I can't hate my brother. <laughs> I can't hate him because if I can't love whom I have seen, I'll never love whom I have not seen. See, I, I can't, I can't, mm. I can't act evil because I can't keep company that the evil people are. It's going gonna, it's gonna to affect my life in ways that I won't recover from until it's too late. Holy Ghost is in this room. Listen, I'm going I'm to I'm go like super quick for... Can I have 10 minutes? Okay. Last, last week I got done, I was a little late, like... 12 15 and when i said amen like the half the church like ran out of here it's like you know i don't know what it was but anyway i was asked my wife if i, I did shower I, I think my breath my breath's okay okay first corinthians real quick let's go you ready i'm gonna fly through this so paul gives us some detail in first corinthians in the same way the resurrection of the dead our earthly bodies sister Sister Brenda, listen, listen to me here carefully. Our earthly bodies are what? Planted in the ground when we die. Someone say amen. But they will be raised to live forever. Someone shout hallelujah. Verse 43, our bodies are buried in brokenness. Amen? I'm broken, but I'm going home, Brother Dan. But they will be risen in glory. They were buried in weakness, but they will rise in strength. Verse 44, very, pa very important passage here. Listen, that's why you can't just, just, just live by one passage of Scripture. You've got to read the body, what God is trying to say to us. They that are buried as natural human bodies, but they will raise as what? Spiritual bodies. For just as their natural bodies, there are also, what, spiritual bodies. He goes on in verse 45. The scripture tells us the first man, Adam, came a living person. But the last man, Adam, that is Christ, a life-giving spirit. <laughs> verse 46, when he comes first in the natural body, talking about Jesus, then the spiritual body comes later. Adam, the first man, was made from the dust of the earth, while Christ, the second man, came from heaven. Earthly people are like the earthly man. Heavenly people are like the heavenly man. Just as we are what? Now, now, right now, like the earthly man, we will someday be like the heavenly man. Ah, I'm going to shout right now. Listen, if we're not careful, we love our flesh so much that we, want, we don't want to give it up to Jesus. Someone say amen. So what I'm saying, dear brothers and sisters, is that our physical bodies cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Flesh and blood will never inherit 
the kingdom of God. Say it a third time. Our bodies in the flesh that I can feel right now, poke and touch, poke my finger and I bleed, it will not inherit the kingdom of God. The only way I'm going to inherit the kingdom of God is to be transformed by the Holy Spirit and glory of God and come as a spiritual man, a heavenly man. So when we talk about many things looking forward, we must be careful that we don't preserve our flesh at the expense of not allowing ourselves to be caught up in the spirit. Someone say amen. What? Well, saying, dear brothers and sisters, these dying bodies cannot inherit that will last forever. But let me reveal to you this wonderful secret, he says in verse 51. We will not, oh, hear it, hear it clear. We will not all die. But we will all be transformed. Verse 52 it will happen in a moment. In the blinking of an eye, when the last what? Trump is blown. For when the trumpet sounds, those who have died will be raised to live evermore. Your body doesn't raise, your spirit man raises. It just said it, right? You become a heavenly body. You are now earthly, but someday, we read, you will become heavenly. So when the trumpet sounds, those who have died will be what? Raised to live forever. And we who are what? Living will also be what? Transformed. For our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. Our mortal bodies, this body right here, mm, must be transformed into what? Immortal bodies. Paul pleads with us to be ready. You guys can come. Brother Stefan, if you can help me. I only took five minutes, not ten. I need uh, some help today. I've, I've been trying to present this, and I'm going to talk next week in depth. I'm trying to give you step by step. I feel like there's so much disinformation that God's word is so clear about some things. And there are some mysteries that we find in Revelations that we don't have all the answers to. And I am absolutely going to say I don't know. Because I don't know. And where God is silent, we should remain silent, right? Now, in this moment, this morning, I took a moment to say, this is, this is what I see, right? I try not to do that very much because I want it to be strictly what the Word of God says. But I can, I can put two and two together. And it does make four. So I, I believe that God allows us to make those two plus two. But I don't think that we can make God do math that isn't there. 3 plus 3 is not 22, right? We've got to allow the Holy Spirit to lead and guide us in all truth. Someone say amen. Here, I'm going to read this last passage of Scripture. Paul is pleading with you. Look at your neighbor and say, Paul is pleading with you. He's pleading with the church. And he says in Titus chapter 2 and verse 11, For the grace of God that brings salvation hath what? appeared to all men teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly gusts uh, saw something on Instagram this week where there was a ministry that 
told us that sin does not take you to hell. Anybody else see that? Sin does not take you to hell. And I thought to myself, have they not read the Bible? Have they not read the Word of God? Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to declare, not by my wisdom, but by the Word of God, denying ungodliness and worldly lust. We should live what? Soberly. And what? Righteously. And what? Godly in the present age. Listen, Paul was writing to the Jews in their age. Don't think for a moment that God didn't know what technology and stuff was going to be right here in this age. In this what? Present age. I want to challenge you today. Next week, you don't want to miss it. We're going to talk about the tribulation and we're going to talk about all in the end, the Armageddon that will come. I want to talk about all kinds of things with you. But most of all, I, I just want you to go from this place today and continue to ask yourself, am I ready? If you are, rejoice. Take comfort. Don't question yourself because, well, you messed up yesterday. Did you repent and turn back to God? Well, if you did, He is faithful and just to forgive you of all your sins. Don't live in your pasts. Ah, don't live in your pasts. He knows your heart. He knows what you're trying to do. Paul said, in my mind I serve God, but in my flesh I see sin. Did Paul say, so therefore I did nothing? No, Paul said, I repented. I moved forward. I, I, I wanted to do good and evil was still present, but I kept going. I didn't let that stop me. I didn't let that prevent me from doing what God had called me to do. In your life and in mine, we need to understand where we're living right now, the present age. You're living in the last days. Are you living joyful? Are you living comforted? I'm going to just say it. Online today, are you living joyful? Are you living comforted like the scripture says? Are you not troubled like the scripture says? That's how we're supposed to be living because we're supposed to live with an assurance that I am his and he is mine. Not by my works of righteousness that I could boast, but by the blood in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't walk righteous because I'm worthy. I walk righteous because I work to obey the scriptures and I learn to trust in God in the things that I don't understand or struggle with on a daily basis. So live in grace. That's why he died on Calvary. Obtain mercy. But don't stop taking heed to yourself every day. Don't stop watching the future that's coming. What path are you on? Where does that path lead? Is it righteous or is it rebellion? Are you praying? Not my will. Come on. Not my will, but thy will be done. Every one of us in this room, I'm sure with a confidence that we have struggled with the idea of asking ourselves, Brother Dan, am I ready? Does Jesus love me? Am I just doomed? I had one person I tried to help so many times. They just felt like they were doomed to hell, so they gave up and just gave in. You know, they say that the greatest way to defeat the temptation is just to do it. That's a lie. I said, that's a lie. 
you're an overcomer in Christ. I know you may not feel like it today, but the blood of Christ says you are. <laughs> and the name that's above every name says you are. You're an overcomer. You are righteous by, by your works, by his works. Does that mean you can do nothing? No, no. You need to turn from your wickedness and you need to prepare your heart. Live righteously, not, not riotously. Live righteously. Live in a way that pleases God. Strive. You're still going to fall down because we're human, but God sees our hearts and knows our intent. And we can pick ourselves up and say, Father, forgive me and he forgives us and we find ourselves back on the path towards heaven stand with me today I want my elders to come uh, Brother Demario and Brother Carl will you take baskets for this side today is the first Sunday this month and we take communion here at Pineview Church at the first Sunday today uh, sister, sister, uh, yeah, Demario, Brother Carl, uh, y'all go over here. Stand right here, and Mom, uh, sister, yeah, y'all stand right here between the two of those. Keep walking over there. There you go. These elders, the wonderful men of God and Lady of God, I, I, they're going to serve you communion as I we participate. Here's the deal, Pastor. I, I don't like taking communion because I, I don't want to drink damnation. If you have that thought right now, all you need to do is find a place to repent. Well, if I, if I drink that cup, I know the Bible says I'm going to drink damnation. If you do it unworthily or unrepentant, yes, that is true. But don't do it that way. Believe that God, how many believe his blood still flows from Calvary? How many believe he loves you today? How many believe he's coming soon? Amen. So as we all just begin to worship and they're going to sing, I want you to find yourself. Listen, I want you to come get communion as the Lord speaks to you and you decide, Lord, I'm going to get ready. I'm going to remind myself today of how much you love me by dying on Calvary and then raising again on that third day about shedding your blood and giving your body for my salvation. I want you to find yourself coming and getting a communion glass so that you and Jesus, I'm not going to do it formal. I'm, this is all about you and your decision because guess what? I, I can't give you my oil. <laughs> You've got to get your own. So get your own oil today. Find a place of repentance. Find a place that says, Lord, I'm going to do my best. How is that? Because he loves you. I said he loves you. Heavenly Father, we come to you today. We offer ourselves as living sacrifices. Lord, as we come to this communion table, Lord, we know that you're coming soon. And Lord, let us be ready. Lord, by participating in this communion, Lord, I am... I'm acknowledging it, that you have made provision for me to be ready. You died. <laughs> you shed your blood. You broke your body. Lord, you gave everything that I might live, Lord. And I want to praise you and thank you for that today. But Lord, more importantly, I want to submit my life afresh and new to your cross, to who you've called us to be. And let the church say in Jesus' name. Come on, come from every place. Come on, come. Come, 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 come. I'm still in your hands. This is my call.
find a place to pray. Find a place to talk to the Lord today. In Jesus' name. Great is your faithfulness. Yeah. 